You're listening to the Self-Made is a Myth, Make a Difference Together show with your host, Coach Tim Campsall, where we talk with successful business owners to hear the stories of their journeys in building their successful businesses. And more importantly, we recognize the folks who help them excel because we know that achieving business success is not something we can do on our own. Hello, this is Coach Tim Campbell, and I'm excited to have a fellow business owner from Indiana with us today. My guest started the Bankable SBA microloan program right out of undergrad in 2010. In his downtime, he enjoys the process of planning and growing a garden in his backyard, and he's most proud of not giving up on his current uh, project uh, projection hub, even when things w- uh, weren't working out for him and uh, eventually figured out how to get that uh, get that to be successful and he's going to share a little bit more about that with us today. It's my pleasure to have uh, Adam on the show today. Hello Adam. Hey Tim. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, hey, let's start with having you uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit of your personal story like where you're born and live and about your family and hobbies. Sure. Yeah, I was I was born in Kokomo, Indiana. So uh, I've been in Indiana, but took a few uh, different different routes along the way um, to get back to Indiana. So um, lived in Texas for a while and up in Detroit, Michigan. Um, when I was growing up, my dad was in the automotive industry, and so kind of followed the followed GM. He was a supplier for GM, and kind of followed that around um, the country a bit, and then. Uh, ended up back in Kokomo for for high school. Um, went to Taylor University uh, here in Indiana for for undergrad, uh, and uh, yeah, I you know studied accounting um, during that time. I did some audit internships, did a tax internship, and realized uh, accounting the 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 accounting career was not really my thing. I, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um and so yeah, decided to go a different path after graduation. Fantastic. And your uh your garden, is it a vegetable garden that you do? Yeah, yeah. We we have, you know, I don't know, tomatoes and cucumbers and squash, all sorts of squash and we have strawberries and raspberries too. And oh wow. Um yeah, lots of lots of different stuff. It is a little. I have four kids. Um, I should have mentioned that I have four four boys, ages eight to eighteen months. Um, so I feel like with each successive child, it gets harder and harder to keep the garden <laughs> going. So, right? Yeah. But yeah, how big is the is the garden? Uh, it. I, it's big. I mean, it's a pretty, it's, it's pretty big. I don't know, like uh, maybe, maybe 25 yards by 10 yards or something oh, like wow. that. Okay. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. you know, it's I, I, I kind of just kept digging up more of the yard each year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, I, so. I, uh, also enjoy doing a vegetable garden every year. So that's why I was asking uh, more of the details. It's, yeah. it's, it, it's really uh, fun, but also can be frustrating when something doesn't turn out the way that we assumed it, you know, it would, and the way it did last year is like, what happened? Why did it not work this year? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. So Adam, is there a, a funny story that your family likes to tell about you that you'd be willing to share with us today? 
Oh, funny story. Well, I, I guess um, probably the the maybe the claim to fame is um, the way that I met my wife. So uh, we were both going to be going to Taylor University. Um, and this was right. This was 2006. So right around when uh, Facebook was becoming a thing. But you didn't really know like what was maybe normal Facebook etiquette at the time because it was new you know so um and you had to be part of a college to be able to be on Facebook so it was like you know everyone that just got accepted to to Taylor you know then got to get a Facebook or join that group or whatever and um so kids are just kind of messaging each other back and forth and so I'm I'm thinking oh okay let's see there's some some cute girls here maybe I'll <laughs> send some send some messages so my my poor wife was the uh the one sucker that responded uh to my <laughs> to my message um and uh and yeah we started chatting uh you know before we even um started going to school and my my I guess the main embarrassing part but the the um the claim to fame is that my last name Huxema is Dutch and her last name was Van Dusen, which is also Dutch. And I knew that I knew uh-huh. it was Dutch, but I, I started the relationship out with a lie and said, Hey, I, Hey, Van names are, are Van names Dutch. And, you know, I thought this is how I'll get her to respond. We'll start strike up a conversation. And uh, she responded and said, if you aren't Dutch, you aren't, if you ain't Dutch, you ain't much. And I, <laughs> this this is I, this is my my future best friend. So. <laughs> it was awesome. I love um, it. Thanks for sharing. Uh, tell us about um, how the business came about, and at what point did you have the confidence that you could run your own business? Yeah. So uh, after graduation from Taylor. Um, I started at the flagship enterprise center, which is a business incubator uh, in Anderson, Indiana. And uh, the, the reason they hired me was they were just starting this micro loan program. And uh, so we were making small business loans to, to small businesses in the area. Um, so I was really interested in entrepreneurship. I was just like soaking up everything from, from, you know, folks that I was working with. Um, and I had started like that very first summer, I like started my first idea that I think failed. And then I started another idea that failed. And so within the first couple of years, I had started a couple ideas um, along the way. I had started a blog and the blog was kind of on the, um, it was all around this niche of like helping you write executive summaries for a business plan, really kind of a strange, strange niche, but um, it started getting some Google traffic and I, I created a little financial projection spreadsheet to go along with this, like as one of the blog posts. And I, I decided maybe I'll just try to see if I can sell this and um figured out how to put it up for sale for like 25 bucks and people started buying it. And I was like, you know, shocked um, (laughs) as like a 20, 23, 24 year old (laughs) at the time. So um, that was like kind of the first 
evidence that like there might be people are willing to pay for financial projections. People need help with this. Mm. This is something that, you know, there's, there's some value there. And so um, I didn't really, it didn't really click right away. Um, but then eventually I, I realized uh, as I was doing my personal taxes using TurboTax, I kind of had this idea of like, man, there should be a, a step-by-step process or software tool that could help you create financial projections. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't really know what I was getting myself into, but I called my brother who's a software engineer or was going to st- be studying software engineering um, and asked him if he wanted to try to build this tool with me. And he said, yes. So we, we struck out together and started to try to build this thing. Wonderful. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit more about the company. What, what's the name? What do you guys do? How do you help people? Yeah, so the business is called Projection Hub, and uh, we help uh, business owners uh, create financial projections for potential investors and lenders. Um, we Today, what we do is uh, primarily two things. We have about 100 different uh, financial projection spreadsheet templates that are industry-specific for you know everything from a trucking business to a coffee shop to a multifamily real estate, you know, apartment complex uh, to a software business, right? So just kind of all these different industries that we've created specific templates for. Um, that's our primary revenue driver. And then we, that's maybe, let's say that's like two thirds of the business and a third of the businesses um, customizing and, and uh, yeah, building custom financial models. We have a CPA on staff who um, will build a custom model or just help you fill the model out if you have you know just don't have time <laughs> to yeah. to want to mess with it so yeah fantastic so for everyone listening make sure to check them out uh in the link in the description and uh go uh go visit uh, adam on linkedin and tell him that you watched his interview today so adam share a story where someone pushed you or inspired you that you could do it even though maybe you didn't think that you could and the impact that that person had. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I, I think, um, I had, a, a professor in college, uh, his name was Mick Bates, um, who really helped me get kind of into the, the interest in entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think freshman year, uh, of college, I, entered this business plan competition um, with an idea. It was a bad idea, but it, it <laughs> but it, but I I did the process and ended up getting to the finals and I I I didn't win the whole thing, but I won like I won a little bit of money as like the the best undergrad award or something like that. So it was like <laughs> kind of like you did a good job. You tried, you know, you tried, yeah. we'll get you something. So <laughs> um <clears throat> so you know, that kind of got the spark going. And then I would say probably every, every six months of college after that, I was like, I had a new idea and I would come to uh, professor Bates with, you know, here's my, Oh, let me, this is the idea. And, you know, I just remember (laughs) one time I had this idea that was just like, so infeasible for for me to do, I'd probably need like a billion dollars of startup capital or something, <laughs> you know, it was just like, oh yeah, if you had a billion dollars, this might be a good idea, but 
but he he just kind of told me like uh i'm not sure this is the idea but i'm sure you're gonna have one that works yeah. <laughs> like there's gonna be an idea <laughs> that works here i'm just That's not awesome. sure this is it yeah <laughs> uh, but that that kind of like encouraged me to like okay i'm just gonna i'm gonna keep going at this yeah um, not get disappointed with the <laughs> with the bad ideas or the failures. Yeah. Fantastic. It's great that he was able to balance that, you know, the, the giving you the tough love, but also encouraging you to, to stay at it and, and keep coming up with a, you know, something more feasible. That's awesome. Adam, what's your biggest learning as a business owner? Uh, yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, what to put it in one biggest, I don't know. I, I guess I'd probably say, uh, just get started is mm. kind of the thing I, I often, um, say, because, you know, I work a lot with, and even we're helping people in the planning stages, right. With financial projections, we're, we're helping people plan. So maybe it's a little strange to say, but, um, in my experience, I've learned so much by just trying and doing and failing, uh, you know, that's how I've figured things out and uh, learned way faster than I could have. I also listened to lots of podcasts on entrepreneurship and business. And um, I'm, I can confidently say I've learned a whole lot more by trying things on my own and screwing it up. <laughs> so, sure. Uh, so I would encourage folks that are, you know, thinking about starting a business or even just they thinking about an idea in their business, like give it a try. Don't, don't bet the farm on it, but you know, give it a try in a small way. You're going to learn a lot that way. So, yeah, I love that advice because there's so many of us who can get stuck in that analysis paralysis or, or fear of failure or fear of rejection or fear of, you know, it not working out and, and we can prevent ourselves from, from actually, you know, taking a step forward. So, uh, one of the phrases I love is progress, not perfection, right? And, and just get a version out there or take a step forward. Um, even, you know, launching a blog as an example of, you know, you look at my first, you know, the first few, they're, they're not nearly as uh, well as where we're at today, but it's that same principle, right? Of just do it and learn it, learn through it and figure it out and you'll get better as you go. So that's awesome advice. I appreciate you sharing that. What's, um, we know that business success, you know, doesn't happen in isolation. So what's a challenge that uh, you had over the years and, and maybe a fellow business owner who came alongside you and helped you to figure that out? Yeah, I think, um, I had, I kind of skipped over a, a big chunk of time in the projection hub story. So I, you know, my brother and I started the business as a software tool and we wanted to, uh, create a uh, a recurring revenue business where people would pay us a subscription to access this projection software every month, and so that was how the business started. We and we tried to make that business model work for probably like six or seven years, um, and and just you know what we ultimately learned is that one people need projections at a particular point in time. It's just not something they want to keep paying every month for. Sure. Um, and also Excel is still really good. <laughs> we, we kept 
trying to add new features and do this and that and the software. And it was like, we're just kind of rebuilding Excel. Why are we doing this? And it's really expensive. <laughs> um, and so I had talked to, uh, to another business owner and he was saying like, you know, not everything needs to be, you know, a recurring revenue mm. business. You know, he said, have you thought about just charging a one-time fee? Because, you know, your services needed one time. If people are just subscribing for a month or two or three and then canceling, you probably, be, you might be better off. You might generate more revenue um, if you just charged a fair mm. one-time fee. Mm. And so uh, we never really made that switch with the software tool, but that got us into selling Excel spreadsheet templates for a one-time fee. And right. that has, you know, 10 X the, the business <laughs> from the subscription model, because you're, he was right that, you know, the people wanted to pay for it one time and are hesitant to sign up for a subscription for good reason, just as I am too. Sure. <laughs> you know? sure so, right. <laughs> um, so yeah. yeah, I think that was, that was a, a good learning. I was trying to force everything, you know, you want everything to be recurring um, yeah. and not everything is a recurring revenue business. So I, I like that. I'll use the word pivot because I think that's, you know, a good, a good um, use of that word in this situation. I love that you, you know, you were open to that feedback and, and open to changing the the business model to, you know, to take advantage of the fact that there is a need but you had to deliver and satisfy that need in in a different way and and be willing to you know going from a recurring revenue model to a one time model that's a pretty significant pivot but i you know i appreciate the fact that you know you guys were willing to do that and take that advice and right and and try the other version and and test and measure it and and uh, as you mentioned the 10x that's a pretty good return on a pivot <laughs> yeah <laughs> Adam, if I was, I'm going to put you on the spot here. If I was to ask you to three people in your business owner journey that you're most grateful for them being there to help with your growth, who are those three people and how'd they help you? Yeah. So I would say, uh, first my, my wife, certainly, um, she, she stays at home with our four boys and, um, you know, we, she's been supportive and, you know, in in uh in entrepreneurship a lot of times it feels like maybe i'm not doing it right always but a lot of times the owner is the last one to to get paid right <laughs> you know the, the owner is the last one to really see like i'm like hey things are working okay can we you know can we go on vacation well i don't know about that <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes <laughs> stuff is going that well uh, uh so i i think She's just been supportive so well along the ride um, awesome. on the ups and downs hey, of it. What's her name? So, uh, Stacy. Awesome. Uh, and I would, uh, I'd also say I think I'd probably then point out my two two of my key employees uh, who've been with me for a while. So um, Grace Cisna is our CPA. Um, she uh, she was working at a at a. An, maybe not a big four, but a big eight or something. One of the big CPA firms um, and uh, took a risk to to leave that pretty steady, well-paying work to um, come and try to do 
do projection hub before before we could really afford her you know and kind of take a, I I could promise a a small base commission and then but we thought we could grow it together and so she took that risk and um, I think it's worked out really well for for all of us um, today and she's um, she's grown built a lot you know most of the templates as well as done a lot of the custom modeling for folks so um yeah it was great that she was willing to take a risk on on me so her yeah her name was grace uh grace cisna um and then uh and then another employee that has had a big impact for us is kyle fawcett so kyle worked with me at uh bankable when i was i was a executive director there for a decade and um he uh he was leaving he he realized he wasn't gonna stick at bankable for forever hmm. um and so we're kind of trying to figure out what could be next and um and kind of in a similar way it was like well it'd be we like working together we work well together it'd be cool if we could keep working together outside of bankable um and he was willing and his wife was willing to say yeah let's take a risk on this and um, he really focused his focus is on the marketing side of things. And so uh, really marketing the, the the template side of the business, not the consulting side and um, has, again, I mean, we've probably, you know, since he started a couple, two and a half years ago, we probably, I don't know, four or five X star, our monthly template sales. Um, and, you know, that was not clear when he, it was not clear that we could do that when yeah. <laughs> we decided to join. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, just, I'd say those, those three have all like put a lot of personal risk kind of following me and helping support what, what we're trying to do here. So, yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. You, you mentioned, uh, I'll go back to your wife and, and being a, a support and a rock and, and an encourager. I, that's pretty important to have because the the you know the the business owner journey can be a little bit of a you know a, of a roller coaster at times and you mentioned earlier of hey not knowing right if if I'm going to be able to pay myself in the beginning or if we can take a vacation so having having your your life partner you know be your support and encourager is just so key in this in this business owner journey so I I can appreciate um having that as well in, in my wife and um, just appreciate how important that is and how critical that can be at different stages of the, of the uh, journey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, as you think about the, the next three to five years, Adam, what's the biggest challenge that you see that you're going to face in hitting your goals and who are the types of people that you're going to need to help solve those? Yeah, so I think um, one of the challenges that we've 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 seen is that most of our business comes from uh, SEO, so we're getting organic website traffic, which is is great, but it also is we're kind of you know we're riding on Google, <laughs> Google and and YouTube, and um, also owned by Google, so it's just like we have a lot of eggs in that basket and we've yeah. <laughs> tried to, uh, tried to figure out ways to diversify. Um, 
sources of, of traffic and business. But I, I've kind of come to the conclusion that uh, the nature of the business is set up really well for SEO. It's like when somebody needs a projection template, they're going to look for it. And if we can be there when they need it right then, mm. um, that's that's probably how people are going to be buying. You know, it's not like I'm not probably going to sell many templates when someone's like, I might need this someday or, you know, they're, they're going to buy it when right at, you know, the just in time. Sure. <laughs> um, and so I think I've kind of come to the realization that, you know, diversifying that traffic within Projection Hub may just not be, you know, I may not be the right approach. And so I've been thinking about, you know, how do I diversify though? And so um, kind of moving into this direction of like, what are other, you know, maybe start a different, uh, a different business or a different kind of service that could be diversified, but complementary to what I'm doing with Projection Hub um, that would just, you know, give us a bit more, um, a, a bit more safety than just like Google changed the algorithm today. And right. <laughs> all right. We're all, this yes. has been fun. Yes. Know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, I think, I think uh, you asked like, what will I need to do? So kind of the direction or the, the, the way the thinking right now is that um, trying to build more of a uh, personal brand um, around helping uh, helping people buy small businesses is kind of what what I the plan right now is to focus on um, where I can you know be more active on LinkedIn or sure or Twitter X uh, um, you know social social media build up that network uh, yeah. of people that um, won't just be solely reliant on the Google algorithm. So um, I, I really like that, that analogy of, or, or the story, the what if, right? What if the algorithm changes? Because that that's key. And so one of the things we, we teach our clients, we call it the marketing 10 by 10. The idea is, you know, 10 different marketing strategies, each representing 10% of our lead expectations. And the, the idea behind it is exactly what you said. It's the diversifying because if we have all of our eggs in one basket and for some reason that that one lead generation activity stops working then you know we're kind of left right in a in a pickle so i like the thinking right it's the right it's the right and you know thought process and and yes it's a challenge because of the the just in time nature but um but i do like where you're going in terms of well where maybe there's other ways to be just in time right it's not doesn't have to just be a a Google search, maybe, you know, maybe you have a podcast, maybe you have, you know, maybe you're a, a, a subject matter expert and, right. And people are coming to you different ways. Maybe you have blogs and, right. And it's, so it's not just the, the Google search algorithm. It, yeah. I, I love it. And um, personal example of that idea of all your eggs in one basket. If, you know, if, if networking was my only uh, lead gen and then COVID happens and the world shuts down for two years, I'd be screwed. So again, having that, you know, having more than one lead generation activity is, is so critical. So I'm glad that you're, you're thinking through that and, and can definitely appreciate that, uh, that, uh, that 
is going to be a challenge to figure out how do we grow beyond or get outside of just having, you know, Google be our, our source of, of leads. So yeah. Awesome. Last question here. We, um, lots of business books and gurus out there. Jim Rohn is one of my favorite. He says that we become the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. So Adam, as you think about that quote, what advice would you have for business owners who are trying to do it on their own and and don't think that they need to, you know, reach out to others or or read books or watch videos that they just they just have to just have to push through and and figure out how to grow their business on their own. Yeah, I mean, I would I would say that that certainly hasn't been the case for me that I, you know, it's been other people that have, you know, played different roles at different times, I think. Um, so, you know, like the, the, for example, I talked about the person that told me, you know, have you thought about um, doing the, the one-time fee instead of recurring? It's like, I didn't really have a, a, a longstanding relationship with that, that person. Um, There's just a, uh, someone that had come into my life at a, for a period of time and what ended up being really, really helpful. But I think I, um, I, you know, I said yes to, or I, I sought out connecting with others um, that I thought could be helpful or just like interesting to talk to. Sure. Um, and I think I've, you know, I found that that has paid dividends just, you know, saying yes to to a, a connection or reaching out proactively to someone that I might want to try to talk to mm-hmm. um, and that I think could be uh, helpful has, it's been worth it. <laughs> it's been worth the, you know, uh, the time and, you know, effort of building relationships. So, yeah. I've heard, I've often heard folks say, well, I don't want to bother somebody. I don't want to, you know, reach out to them because they're probably pretty busy. So, um, it sounds like you've had success reaching out to people. So what would you, uh, how would you respond to that? If, you know, somebody who's, oh, they're going to be too busy for me. They're not going to have time to to talk to me or have coffee with me. What, what's been your experience there? Yeah, you know, I, what I have tried, especially when I feel like I'm uh, trying to like punch above my weight or like connect with someone <laughs> that's like probably, probably busier or whatever. Um, one thing that has worked pretty well is like, if I have a very specific question, mm. I'm like, I see you doing really well with YouTube. And so I have this YouTube channel and here's my question. What would you do? You know, like, yeah, I've, I've sent some very specific questions to, to folks and then, you know, kind of expecting like, I'm not going to hear anything and then get, just this wonderful advice mm. and that may be the only time I've ever talked to him or, or will ever talk to them yeah. <laughs> um, or yeah. ever, you know, connect with them. But um, so I would say, and I think if I would have just said, let's just get coffee. Like I'm guessing they would have. Yeah, sure. Right. It. But since I had a, maybe an intriguing specific question for them and it, you know, I think a, most people do want probably want to help others, right? And so I gave them the opportunity to see how they could help someone, maybe saw them 
saw themselves in you know just i'm them behind a few years or yeah. something like that yeah. they remember when they were trying to figure it out <laughs> yeah. so um yeah. so yeah i i think be specific with some questions and i bet you'll be able to get folks to really help there does seem to be especially within the the business owner community that sense of paying it forward that you know that hey well, back when I was just getting started, somebody blessed me with their time or an answer. And so, you know, I'm going to make sure to, to do that for anybody that reaches out to me because I know what it was like, right. To be struggling and figuring it out. And it, it, there just seems to be an abundance mentality of, of giving insights and advice and help within the, the business owner community. Cause we've all been through it. Right. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like lots of people that have been part of your business owner journey that have helped you along the way. If they were all on the show here today, what would you want to say to them? Yeah, I mean, I think just uh, a big thank you and and just um, I, I think that I've had folks just encourage me that I'm that I'm on to something, even when I, it's like, even when I can't see it or it's, you know, entrepreneurship is this roller coaster, right? It's like one day things are going great. The next day, Google changes something and things are really terrible. And it seems like everything's, you know, and it's like, <laughs> I have people remind me in those situations, just remind me to, you know, Hey, you, we've built something uh, pretty pretty cool here we you know the, look at what has been accomplished and and um you know and that yeah that it's maybe it's better than it's usually better than uh <laughs> than my worst day feeling right <laughs> right <laughs> maybe maybe not quite as good as my best day feeling right it's just this ro <laughs> the roller coaster so yeah. i think i think just uh having people that are willing to be that stabilizer for me mm. uh, has been what can keep me going so yeah fantastic adam been a pleasure uh speaking with you today thank you so much for being on the show yeah thank you so much for having me thanks for listening to the self-made is a myth show with your host coach tim campsall please help spread this movement by liking and subscribing to our show and following us on facebook and linkedin or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast to join our movement, go to BeMadTogether.com. Okay, folks, that's a wrap. Please pay it forward and be sure to tune in next time to the Self-Made is a Myth podcast.